Well, thanks everyone for having me uh, and putting up with me a, a little bit. You can see the title's changed a little bit. Um, I just thought that that word hit me at some strange time. Myth perceptions. I don't know if I've seen it before, I've hallucinated it, whatever. But I, eh, it kind of captures a little bit of what I want to talk about. Um, when it comes to security, and I'm talking about more the physical security in places like airports, there's a lot of stuff you read about it uh, in the popular press and so on and so forth that isn't really quite true. All right, so people talk about the fact that, well, if you're nervous airport, people are going to arrest you. That doesn't happen. Even the GAO, the United States government report on the SPOT program, which is their screening passengers by observation technique, which is where they train various people to observe in the airport and decide who to talk to, so on and so forth, um, says some things about the report, it turns out that isn't true. All right, it makes the assumption that the program is based on simply observing people, but an essential part of the program is interacting with people. And that's going to be important, and Alder, I'm sure you're going to talk about the importance of this as well. And I totally agree with this. All right? And in fact, they complain. They should be eliciting verbal responses. Well, that's actually part of the program. It's like criticizing a sandwich. Well, sandwich, you know, if you put bread on the top and the bottom, it would be better. Well, that's the definition of a bloody sandwich, right? Um, and it's just, is it just faces? And it's not just faces as well, right? So there's a lot of misperceptions about this. I think the element that we need to talk about from our point of view, and I think it applies to you computer people, of course, is the core of every terrorist attack is a person. They develop grievances, they make plans, and so on and so forth. So the psychology of anything means you've got to understand people, right? Any kind of security program. And that involves technology, any type of approach you want to do, and it involves lots of other types of behaviors, not just simply interactive behaviors. Um, one of the things about going first, you kind of set the screen, if you think in terms of security, really security is best seen as something in layers, and I think everybody's kind of aware of that. But each layer in the world of like an airport security needs to have all right, some kind of element that addresses the human being. Um, the DOD, uh, US Department of Defense, uses the five Ds for their kind of model of protection here, you know, deterrence, detection, denial, delaying, and defending, slash defeating, AKA shooting. Okay. Um, we can also put in there things like prevention and prediction in here as well, because as behavioral scientists, you know, the best way to stop a terrorist attack is not to let it, let it ha happen at all. And Bruce, you've you know, been beating the drum about intelligence for a long time, where you're hiding, but um, absolutely agree. All right, so we can kind of look into these interwoven layers. And so again, humanity, human beings understanding them important in each of these layers. All right. So, Obviously, if you remove grievances from groups, then they're probably less likely to want to kill you, right? Not a bad idea. So that's the psychological issue. That's something behavioral scientists can do, right? Um, good intelligence, of course, um, is really important. And of course, responding to the last attack is also, believe it or not, important because it's, it's a really weird thing for security people because, all right, Richard Reed tries to blow up a plane with a bomb in his shoes. Now, and still in the United States, we've got to take our shoes off, right? Um, well, people will say, well, that's kind of dumb. No one's going to do that again. Well, what if someone does and you didn't do anything about shoes? Then you're stupid because you knew about it. You did nothing about it. So you're always in this kind of bind in the security world, right? Deterrence, all right? Even the presence of security, is that enough to deter? It's something really hard to quantify. How many things haven't happened because people know if they try to do something, there's someone there looking for them to try to stop them, right? Quantifying that is really difficult, okay? Um, and then again, this is the domain we're spending more of our uh, time in and some other folks on the panel in terms of the behavioral elements of it. So what kinds of things can science do to help these people do a better job identifying individuals and so on? Some behaviors involve what's referred to as behavioral traces or residues. Okay, so travel patterns, things like this. 
um, and so on and so forth. And of course, then there's the behavioral interactions that occur along the way. And not just simply looking for you know, um, deception or those sorts of things, but also just simply acts of violence and so on. And there's some things that predict when people may turn violent or not along the way. And again, so having these things there and having human beings trying to make uh, judgments in there, I think is still an important part of the program. Now, of course, the government loves to technologize everything as best they can, automated systems to read things, faces, bodies, words, all these other sorts of things along the way. But of course, in the airport world, there is a problem, which is people have to get to their planes. You can do the hypothetical experiment where you say, all right, we're going to make airport security uh, safe. How are we going to do it? We're going to strip search everybody and hand search every bag, all right? You'd probably be pretty, pretty safe, but who would want to travel under those conditions, right? And how long would it take to get onto a plane? Well, why don't we interview everyone like the Israelis do? Not a bad idea. However, the Israelis have 30 flights a day. Chicago has 30 flights every 25 minutes, okay? So how do you scale that up? Becomes a problem, right? And of course, part of the behavioral science is getting ahead of the next attack. Uh, the underwear one was funny. After Richard Reed, I was joking with some of my government guys. I go, thank God he didn't put that bomb in his underwear. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, anyway, so the various behavioral techniques have to cross the different layers, right? And uh, all right, so I'm almost at my seven minutes. But I just wanted to sort of give an example, though, too, in terms of how behavioral science can be helpful, but at the same time, some of our laboratory work, I think, underestimates the problem. If you do, again, this little thought experiment of like, what kind of data would be really good for letting us know what sort of behavior should we look for, right? Well, there's some database out there that's moderately uh, applicable, some better applicable than others. The perfect data really doesn't exist, which is, you know, okay, let's, what sort of terrorists, as they're engaged in the terrorist act, you know, do we have information on it? And by, by the way, that's terrorism, you know, as sort of a verb. It's, it's when you're in the act of committing terrorists. Terrorism isn't quite the, the, the noun, I think, that people are often looking for. So if you look at a, a meta-analysis done by Bella DePaula, look at three particular behaviors and looking at the effect sizes for those particular behaviors, um, you will notice that they moderate, uh, the small effect size is not all that great. And, and by the way, this is sort of, when I look at it this way, the target of this, right? Ultimately, this is what we want. But as the data get closer to the target, we can affect, take an examination of what happens to the effect sizes. And converting them to odds ratios because there's a government report. Turns out there's a government report where they looked at these beha trained behavioral officers. And in this case, because they weren't terrorists, they were looking at people with contraband and uh, legal drugs, people smugglers, things like this. Things that involve people ultimately getting arrested, fraudulent documents. And if you look at the odds ratios on those particular behaviors, as you move closer to the target, you see they get higher and higher and higher. So number one, this suggests a little bit of a caution in terms of applying just laboratory research to this particular situation. But then again, and by the way, this is the quote from the GAO government report that says the effect sizes. I rounded to nine because they said that was most popular, but they said that these trained officers were between four and 52 times more likely to get a bad guy rather than a random stop. So there is something useful that can be done here, and often it's hard to measure, by the way. Um, for example, we've just published this study looking at pain, real and fake pain. And human beings couldn't really detect the difference between real and fake pain. But we have a software program that reads the faces and the movements and things like this. And the software program could separate real and fake pain at 85%. The humans couldn't see it, but it, the things were there. So when you're looking at human judgments, just because someone doesn't see it doesn't mean it's not there, not necessarily. Sometimes you need 
some uh, additional assistance on this. Okay? So let me end by saying, of course, you want everything to be 100% accurate. You want each layer to complement the next. But we have to keep in mind, what is the goal of the screening process in each layer? Well, each layer is to make sure the bad guy you know, gets funneled into the proper channel. And in the airport environment, the proper channel is the secondary screening, which is where they sit you down, they go through your bags, and they talk to you. So how do we decide who gets the secondary screening? Well, why don't we do it ethnically? <clears throat> no. Why? It doesn't work. Okay? And morally, I think it just really kind of blows. Sorry, technical term there. <laughs> um, random. Well, okay, random is fair, but is it effective? And if there's some behavioral science, and Waller will talk about some good science on this as well, right? They can help us, then hey, why don't we use it? Right? Because remember, the behavioral science, you're dealing with a behavior, a human being along the way. And I think understanding what the process and what the SPOT program really is, which is not just simply observing, talking to people, observing, listening to their responses, and so on and so forth, I think ultimately we can uh, do a better job um, at uh, preventing uh, the next uh, terrorist attack.